Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I sit down with Lindsay Heiserman. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. All right, so a little um, housekeeping. The Hustle, Muscle, and Flow program is live and previewing all month long. Since it is Tuesday and the podcast is out Tuesday, um, I wanted to give you guys a chance in case you missed signing up before the first workout went out yesterday um, to sign up. If you guys head on over to andreaclausen.com, it's right on the homepage. Um, I already have over 100 women in the program and it's a free challenge. It's previewing basically how I lost 42 pounds this past year. Um, I have clients with amazing before and afters putting on a ton of muscle as that was her goal. I've had women um, being able to walk up hills again without getting winded from this program. I've had people lose five pounds that first month. So it's an amazing program and it's kind of my passion project this past year. So I'm previewing it all of April for free um, and you can find out more information on my homepage about that if you're interested in joining the fun. All right, so a little bit about Lindsay. So Lindsay, I actually reached out to and realized she had an area code that I was familiar with. Turns out she is actually based in Minneapolis as well. So we have met for coffee. Um, We are definitely becoming fast friends. She is an awesome human being. Um, She's a personal trainer, a life coach, and she's really devoted her life to, um, you know, making other people's healths better. I mean, that's what personal training is all about. And she definitely embodies that. Um, I love her blog. You guys need to check it out. It's so fun. It's so quirky. Um, Mind Muscle Movement is her podcast. She's just an awesome human being. So um, that is pretty much how I'm going to introduce Lindsay because she's that cool. So hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. All right. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today I have on Lindsay Heiserman. So thank you for coming on and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Perfect. So let's kind of jump in and get a little bit more about your fitness background, how you got into fitness. Were you always an active child or was this kind of something that came a little bit later in life? Yeah, actually it's the opposite. Well, I wouldn't say I was an active child. I tried gymnastics until they were like, you know, I don't think you will advance any more levels. (laughs) You know, it just wasn't going to be for me. And you know, I rode my bike a lot, but there was a distinct time between I think seventh and eighth grade when I just decided that I wanted to be fit. Um, I wanted to, part of it was I felt like the popular kids in school were the athletes. And so, you know, looking back, I know that that was part of it. I saw these kids being really athletic and I was like, I want to do that. That seems like the thing everybody does. So my friend and I, one summer, we're like, you know, we don't have anything to do because you couldn't get a job yet. So we're like, let's just ride our bike everywhere and teach ourselves to lift weights at the gym. So we got a membership at the Y and we did, we rode our bikes all over all summer and taught ourselves to lift weights. And it was a very just distinct moment that summer where I was like, I love to be strong and health and fitness is going to be a part of my life. And I did a variety of things after that, you know, some at home workout videos, even, you know, I um, had this like wooden step that my dad built me. So I did step aerobics in the living room. Um, You know, and I tried for some sports, but I was not really a sports person, but fitness at the gym, classes, lifting weights, all just became really exciting to me. Um, And I don't know how far you want me to go on my fitness journey. No, yeah, you can keep going. 
Yeah. So then I went to college and I started running marathons, which helped me set really big goals, which kept me on track. Um, because it was just part of every day, you know, this is how many miles, this is the training plan, um, and lifted weights, taught some kickboxing classes. Um, and that was really great through college. And then when I graduated and I mean, I'm a personal trainer, so health and fitness is also what I do. I all of a sudden had all this extra time, you know, going from college where things are like really compact. And then I had all this extra time, but I was really stressed about getting life started and, I didn't know quite how to adjust my fitness routine. I didn't love running the way I had used to. And so I had a few years where I just sort of floated through and wasn't really sure quite what I was doing. And I wasn't happy with what my body was doing. And then I did an obstacle race six years ago, almost five years ago. And everything became clear. I was like, I have found my activity. This is the best thing I've ever done. When can I do another one? And so my fitness journey has really since then been about how can I train to be stronger, faster, more powerful. And it has a purpose, which really changed things for me. Instead of being like, I'm going to run this marathon, it's I'm going to go to this obstacle race. And can I get across the monkey bars? Can I get over the wall? And that gives me a lot of room for improvement on a lot of things. You know, this race, I couldn't do this, but when I came back, I was able to do this and it all translates back to the gym. So that was the really condensed version of my fitness journey. Um, oh, I love that. I love that you taught yourself how to lift weights. Uh, I kind of did the same thing at 16 as, you know, taught myself how to do it. Cause no one really was teaching the girls. Like I, no. I did basketball, but like we had a girls only weight room. And so like, no one was in there with us. It was me and my one friend who I made lift weights with me. Yeah. So both of us kind of like, well, what do we do? Cause like there was a guy, you know, there was one of the coaches and the boys quote unquote weight room, AKA in the back of our locker rooms. Cause I'm from a small town. Yeah. And not a lot of money there. And so like, you know, we were there by ourselves. So I'm like, Oh, I guess if we're going to be here, might as well figure out what to do. So I kind of ripped oxygen, you know, magazine, like stuff out yes. and I'd bring it. And I'm yes. like, this is what we're going to do. Is that kind of how you got started too? While you were, you know, in your middle school years being like, what do I do that I'm here? Or did you have a personal trainer that helped you? No, no small town for me too. And we really went in the room that had all the machines. So it was pretty easy to follow along. But then I did the same thing. I was like, let's get a magazine. What are all these people doing? And you really do self-teach, which, you know, now that I and you do the same, but you teach people this skill, it is interesting to look back and be like, I really did just teach myself how to do that. Mm -hmm. Totally. I mean, you, I guess you kind of have to, I guess, if that's what you're passionate about. And that was something that I was passionate about at a young age. <laughs> Sounds like you were as well. For sure. And it came out of this place, like this deeply rooted, I know that this will make my life better for the length of my entire life. Like it, it, I just knew it wasn't about at that moment, like learning to lift weights or getting skinnier or trying to make the volleyball team. I already had this sense that like, this was really important. Mm, that is awesome. And that was, I mean, especially because I, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but I am 32. And even at that time, like the weightlifting, like women weightlifting was still kind of a new thing when I was in high school. So that was something too, where you're kind of almost breaking barriers, like in the sense that like, oh, it's acceptable for us to go in the weight room. And I remember coming back when I was in college, giving speeches to our younger basketball players about why you should lift weights or why you want to. Cause my coach was like, 
impressed that I took it upon myself and did this and learned. And he's like, can you tell other women why this is, you know, important to write, why young girls should be interested in this? So that was something that I kind of became passionate about is teaching, you know, the younger generation of this is why you want to do it. And a lot of times with the athletes, it's injury prevention at that time, um, you know, with ACL tears, which is quite Mm -hmm. prevalent. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you kind of were interested in too, is kind of teaching that knowledge to other people after you learned? Yeah, I, like I said, with that very beginning feeling like this was going to be important, I knew, and I used it when I went to college, I taught, I worked at the rec center, I taught some group fitness and, you know, I didn't know that I would be a personal trainer, but I just knew because I have a exercise science degree and I was like, I'm going to do something with it. Um, But I was also going to say, I can definitely relate to the breaking barriers a little bit in high school. Then I started to go to what we, we had this like back room weightlifting room, which actually had the free weights and, you know, the racks instead of just the machines. Mm -hmm. It was like this dungeon area. Right. And I just remember it gave me such a sense of pride and confidence to walk in and be like, I know what I'm doing and I can be in here. And, you know, one or two girls were ever in the weight room. Mm -hmm. That was it, you know? And so it was really cool to just walk in and feel like I actually belonged there and know that, other women could feel the same way if they just took, you know, two steps into that room, mm. but they just, it was hard to go in there. I think it still is hard, you know, cause I talk to, you know, clients when they have, I train out of a small private gym or people's homes. And I know sometimes people get intimidated, you know, thinking about going into like the bigger box gyms with that weight room area. Cause they're like, a lot of times it still is, you know, males. And then maybe you're occasionally a couple of females, but they're like, oh, they probably know what they're doing. And, you know, and I'm always like, oh, you don't, some of the males don't always know what they're doing either. Like my husband doesn't right. know lift weights a ton and he will go in there and he's like, most of the time I just look around to see what other guys are doing and just kind of mimic them, you know? And so that's why I kind of tell him, I'm like, you have a plan. Like I've given you what to do. You know how to do these exercises. You are totally qualified to be in there. You know, like there is no qualifications, but I think a lot of times we think, oh, we need a certain card to get into this area. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Ugh. So one of the things I know that you, um, have started is a podcast yourself and it's called mind muscle and movement. So what made you decide to start a podcast? And I love the name. So why that name? Oh, thank you. I cannot take full credit for it. When I started my business, I worked with a branding, um, a woman who does branding and marketing. And I sort of just vomited everything about what I did onto her because I never intended to be in business for myself. So this was a really like, now what am I going to do? You know, I've just been doing the work for so long. Now you want me to create a brand and a logo. Um, And so she took everything I told her and came up with the most beautiful slogan, which, you know, is mind, muscle, and movement. Um, engage your mind, strengthen your muscle and experience movement. And so she really just saw what I was offering to people and sort of the framework that I was using with clients and with myself. So when I went to start a podcast, which came out of, um, I love podcasts. I've been a podcast junkie myself. And I also write my blog, which I think we're going to talk about. And several of my clients were like, you have more to say. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, yes, I think you're right. And so they're like, why don't you start a podcast? And for a long time, I was like, because I don't know how, you know, that excuse. (laughs) Well, I don't know. And a phrase, well, can I swear? Uh, I do not have the explicit. Okay, I won't swear. 
I won't swear. <laughs> when working with one of my clients, our phrase is, when you get sick of your own, I'll use the word crap, insert okay. a different word if you like. Um, and so finally I got sick of my own crap and I was like, just learn how to do a podcast. Like you're never going to know if you don't teach yourself how to do it. So one day I was like, you're just going to have to learn. And so here we are. Oh, I love that. And how long have you been doing yours? Oh, not that long. Maybe since, uh, October of last year, maybe a few months, not long. That's awesome. That's half the battle just getting started. Oh, for sure. So I want to know a little bit more about the mind, muscle, and movement, kind of the philosophy behind it, and how can we incorporate that into our lives? Yeah, so I have been personal training for almost 11 years, and I always felt like I was different. I worked at a big box gym, and I would sit in meetings, and we would talk about results. You know, everything's got to be results. How many pounds did people lose? How many inches? What's their body fat percentage? These are the results we have to show everyone else that these results are what we're getting with clients. Mm -hmm. And I would sit there and I'd be like, but I think you guys are missing the point. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's not because my clients weren't necessarily getting those results. Sure, they were, but I just was working with them on behavior change and mindset and Mm -hmm being mentally happier, you know, my goal was always like, you come to this session or this group personal training session, and you will leave in a better mood. You will leave feeling better, moving better. Um, And I was always successful at that, but it was never sort of, it didn't count as a result because it's not tangible, right? Like you can't write it down on paper. I mean, you could assess them and say, on a scale of one to 10, how much happier are you? But it's not like stepping onto a scale, right? And uh, so I always felt that internal battle. And I mean, I would voice it a lot too, but it never went super far. So as the years have gone on, I've just realized this is how I operate and this is how I work with clients and with myself. So um, with the mind portion, it's you know, people will say, and I'm sure you've experienced this, I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay. That's sort of so generic. What do you actually want to do? What do you actually want to accomplish? And how can we incorporate your mindset? Because without that, we can't even really get to step two, which is your muscle, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can't clarify what you're really aiming for, or you can't get into that headspace, your goal sort of it probably won't happen, but it's also going to be going to be a real struggle. Um, and I struggle with that myself. And I would tell that to clients and my friends all the time. I'm the same. Like I'm not in this amazing mental space better than any of you. I'm trying to help you with what I'm also working on every day too. So yeah. that's mine. You know, muscle is obviously I am a huge proponent of strength training in actual literal making your muscle stronger um, for everybody. And, you know, my client age range goes up to, you know, my oldest client is 81 and we've been training for almost 11 years straight. And, uh, you know, it's more and more evident as she's gotten older that it's really, really important. You know, she's not near as fast and she needs a lot more recovery, but she still pushes the prowler and does her rope slams and, you know, is, it's so cool to see. So amazing. Yeah. And I use that example with a lot of my younger clients and I'm like, you've got to keep going. This is not a, I'm going to do it for six months, you know, build your muscle. And I'll never forget quick little funny story. When I first started training, (laughs) 
I had this client come up to me and she was so mad. She was, I'm so mad at you. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I don't know what you're mad about. And she goes, you forgot to tell me something. I said, yeah. You forgot to tell me that I have to exercise for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. So muscle for sure. And obvious, just building muscle and movement. I just love because it, it can go either way. You can really interpret that however you want, which is part of what I love using it in the podcast, which is your mindset can create movement in your life. Um, You can also have better movement from strengthening your muscles or the best part is you can just create a lot of movement within your life towards goals that you want, balance, um, relationships, really anything. And I do believe that you have to put them all together to create that movement. Mm, Yes. I love that. And I love that just the word movement. It just, I mean, it can be taken so many different ways and you know, it's just kind of open for interpretation, however you want to incorporate it into your life. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And I, I, when I was looking for the show today, I looked, you know, and stumbled upon your blog and I love, I love your blog. Like the titles are all amazing. So I wanted to tell you that because I'm like, (laughs) Oh, these are all great. I want to read them all. So I want to talk about some of them because they were, they're great titles and they're great information. And you're kind of showing that trainers are just like everyone else. And you're showing that I have the same issues and I'm not, you know, like more special or when people are like, oh, but you're a trainer. You're like, no, but I have to work on that. You know, like for me today, I did not want to work out. I had a crazy day, but I was like, no, like I have a free half hour, do what I would normally do and get a workout in. It might look a little different today, but that's what I'm going to do. And so like just those mental battles are stuff that maybe we've worked through that people are still like, oh, I haven't worked through that yet. But once they do, they're like, oh yes, now I understand. You know, everyone's human. We all have the bad days. So mm-hmm. I like that you kind of showcase that. So one of the blogs I want to talk about yeah. um, was about workout clothes and if they matter. So I found that one of your clients asked you to be fascinating. Like, so yeah. it was basically all about your workout clothes and you know, you need to be wearing a certain clothes to appear, I don't know, a certain way. Can you expand on that story and tell us your reaction? For sure. So I have had, and you know, a lot of life is hindsight and looking backwards, of course. And I know that I used exercise and diet as a mechanism of control in my life, verging on unhealthy behaviors in its early years. Um, And I'm finally at a point in my life now where I feel, you know, so much better about my body and I can focus on how it moves and how it's strong and what I can do with my body versus just how it looks. But 10 years ago, when I first started my job, I was still very, very self-conscious. And I had, you know, like I said, worked at this big box gym and there are so many fit people, like so many fit people, not just trainers, but members are really fit, you know, and I was just starting and I, I sort of went from this really confident person to this, like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this job. I don't, I'm not fit. Like all these trainers, my body doesn't look like that. And so I had never worn the clothes I wear now, but I wore these, do you remember gaucho pants? Oh yeah. Yep. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I had a couple good, huge baggy pair of pants (laughs) and old t-shirts that were huge. And now looking back, I'm like, God, you were so hiding in those clothes, Mm. you know, because I was just really self-conscious at working out at the gym. So my client said to me one day, and this also indicates that we have a really, I have a really good relationship with my clients, but 
She's like, you know, you would look a lot better if you wore tighter clothes. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Uh, and at the time, I'm like, I can't believe she just said that to me. But she was right. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it took me a long time. And I, for a long time, I was like, I don't understand why people buy really expensive workout clothes when you're just going to get sweaty, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. But as I wrote in my blog, I, I ran a marathon and in baggier shorts and you don't come back from that. <laughs> it's not no. pretty. I was like, I ran a half marathon. Oh. I can't imagine doing the baggy shorts. <laughs> oh man. So once I did that, I was like, all right, I think you can wear some spandex shorts to race, you know? So I started there and then I started to realize, well, if you just wear tighter shorts or capris or pants when you work out you don't have to like pull your pants all around when you're working out and all of a sudden I was having a better workout you know and so I still had a baggy top but tighter pants and as the years progressed you know now it's really funny because I'm almost at the opposite extreme I'm like how many patterned pairs of pants can I have and how many bright colors and I don't care what I look like to anyone else. I like these pants. They're exciting. I feel good. And it is actually true that your workout clothes do matter. I love that. (laughs) I can't believe I would say that, but she was right. (laughs) I love it. And it's actually not how I look in them, if that's how I want to say it. It it actually makes me feel better and more excited. And then I if I'm gonna have a really hard workout, I will put on my favorite pair of pants. You know, and they are all spandex and my tops have gotten tighter, but I have gotten over the paranoia of like, oh my God, does my butt look huge in these? Or is this top too tight or whatever? I'm like, put your clothes on and attack the workout. Yes, that's, I totally agree. And I'm, you know, I think many people too can relate like, okay, like for me, like some of the pants, they will even though they're like, might be more expensive, they still will fall down when you're working out. So you kind of choose around that now as well. Yeah. But when I just had my son, I was like, oh, I need to wear a big ear. I don't even think I wore tank tops right away. Cause I was like, no, I just don't feel confident in my body. So I, I can relate to like just the hiding where you're like, nope, I'm a trainer. You know, I'm definitely not to the shape where I normally quote unquote, you know, am like post baby. I just had a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I could totally see that relating as you're telling the story with hiding in the clothes. I'm like, Oh yeah, I totally did that. And did not even until you just said that realize that that's what I was doing. I'm like, what t-shirt can I wear? What can I hide? Like, let me still wear my maternity yoga pants to the gym. You know, like all of that stuff. Just, I bet, you know, just hide away, you know, and now I'm just like, Nope, don't care. I'm, I actually was going to give away some of like my tank tops that are too baggy now. Cause I'm like, no, I don't even feel good in these anymore, which is probably a good thing. But like, those are kind of like just the shedding of the clothes and it can make a difference for your workout. So I totally agree with you there. So there's another blog that I wanted to talk about too, yeah. about eating all of the cookies. Oh. So I love that you shared that and the truth <laughs> that you're a trainer and not perfect. And we have to work on our nutrition just like our clients do. So I want you to talk about things that people might be surprised to know about you, you know, and be like, wow, trainers, they do that too. Yeah. You know, it's been a journey for me for sure in my food and just like my clothing and what I do for workouts now versus then food has been the same. And I've been obsessed with food since I was 
12 counting. Do you remember Snackwell's cookies? Oh yeah. <laughs> so they had these like miniature chocolate chip ones and I would count the portion into like this little bowl and then that would be for my lunch. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to eat like 20, but it doesn't count because I already portioned out 12. <laughs> I mean, just, I've had a very warped sense of food for a long time. And so when I first started training and working with clients, I have just always, and this is going to be a theme, I've just always been honest with them. And I just will say like, I'm really struggling too. Like what's going on for you guys? How, tell me what you're struggling with. I'll tell you what I'm struggling with. Let's try to work on this together. And I also don't believe in setting up a false idea of how I am as a person, especially as it relates to eating and working out because it doesn't, doesn't serve me to create a false story. And it definitely doesn't serve my clients who are looking at me, you know, as a role model in behavior and mindset is huge. And so I've gotten to the point where I can have all the cookies and I don't feel bad. And I want people to be free of that because that freedom that you get where you no longer feel like you're the worst human on the planet because you ate three cookies or that tomorrow all of a sudden none of your clothes will fit. And you know, that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And more and more people, if you are honest, they will come back with their honesty. And so many people are prisoners of food that I just want to use it as a way to have them relate. And, you know, when I write these blogs, I'll have people write to me and be like, yes, I feel the same. Like, I wish I could do that. How did you do that? That's really awesome. I'm like, well, I ate the food <laughs> and then I moved on with my life. <laughs> but I didn't get to that place overnight, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's very hard. And I just think, and I'm sure you have the same experience that when you work with clients, just honesty is key. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's like, I'm always like, oh yeah, Friday night. So I do like, I follow, it's called Ayurveda, which is a yoga. Cause I'm also a yoga teacher and it's early lighter dinner. So for the most, most of the time I'm doing, you know, super salad lighter dinners, but like I'm, pretty upfront. I'm like every Friday night I make homemade pizza. Like that's what I do. And I kind of share that to be like, that's totally okay. It's something, you know, that you don't have to be like, Oh, I just had pizza. And I'm like, that's not the end of the world. You know, like that's kind of just being like, this is something that we do. And the same with Sundays, I have brunch with my family, you know, and I tell people that too. And I'm like, yeah, we have bacon, we make pancakes or waffles and have eggs, you know, like that's kind of like just being like, that's our kind of, I don't want to say splurge. Cause I don't like, I don't do the cheese right. or anything, yep. but like, that's just, right that is our tradition. That's what we do. So, you know, like that's kind of being like, Oh, okay. Like that's okay for me to not have to be perfect. Cause I'm like, no, cause being perfect, what ends up happening is you do end up, you know, buying that box of cookies and eating the whole thing and being like, Oh, I regret that. That was not a good decision. You know, in terms of, Oh, now I have a stomach ache. Now I feel sluggish. Now I don't want to work out the next day. So like, those are some of the things I'm like, just kind of sprinkling it in when you need it and not being, or not being made to feel guilty about it. Yeah. And I think that it's really fun when clients or friends or family or whoever feels like they trust you enough to tell you what they're struggling with because so many people hide their food issues or they think that that's just the way it's always going to be. And I've also, a big focus of mine is always education. So I'll, I, I kind of view myself as the filter for clients. Like I'll read the research, mm -hmm. I'll read the articles and then I'll pull out 
you know, what's happening right now? Let's talk about this. What do you think about this diet? What do you think about ketogenic or paleo or low carb or all these things? And then I'll say, here's what I tried. Here's the experience I had. What did you try? And it just creates this really great dialogue back and forth. Yes. I love that. That's, that's where I, you know, say with the Ayurveda when people are like, oh, nutrition, I'm like, okay, I followed this, but it took me two years to a being able to want to do this. Cause I was introduced to it before and I was like, nope, can't do that. You know, eat before 6 PM. No, no, no. So now I'm like just sharing. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I loved it. If it takes you like two years to get there, been there, done that, you know, and just kind of showing them that it is a process. Like it's not like an overnight. Now I'm eating soup and salads and loving it every night. You know, that takes time. Yeah. And it lets people know here's an option. Here's what works yes. for me. Now, why don't you try it? And if it doesn't work for you, let's try something else. Yep. Not everybody's going to be the exact same. And in fact, what I have found, and I don't know if you have found this with clients too, but people are not in tune with their bodies at all. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, how does that food make you feel? They're like, I don't know. <laughs> so helping people to look at how does food make you feel? Do you feel sluggish and crappy? Can you change some things around one little piece at a time? And like you said, it may take two years. You know, mm -hmm. I probably changed my eating very significantly in terms of like trying to cut out certain food groups, see how it felt back and forth in and out probably five years ago. And I'm still working on it. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen fast. Yes. Yep. I, that's where I said, I'm like, I've pretty much done the soup and salad thing since this past October. And I'm like coming into springtime, I'm like, Ooh, am I going to be able to do, cause I've mostly done soups. I'm like, am I going to be able to do this salad thing? You know? And so that's kind of the new struggle. You're like, all right, this is going to be something new that I'm going to have to do. Cause I, I hate making homemade salads. Like this is something I it's hate. Not worse. Uh, I love getting salads when I'm at restaurants. Like that is like delightful for me. Like I do enjoy eating them but I hate making them. And so for me, like, I'm like, how am I supposed to work on this? And, you know, you have to pre-chop everything and all of that stuff. So those are some of the issues that I'm going to be going through in the next few months, trying to figure out, can I make this stick? Or am I going to have to slightly adjust this soup and salad to be soup salad and X, Y, Z, whatever else I find yeah. to make it work. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I was laughing too at your, you know, telling people aren't in tune with your body. I just had a client text me earlier today and um, she had said, she's like, wow, I feel like you and she goes to a, a physical therapist right now. And she was like, I feel like you and my PT are both telling me the same thing that I need to listen to my body. I've been hearing this from you for like years. And now he says the same thing. I'm like, well, maybe now that we can start being a little bit more in tune with that. And not just in terms of, you know, like the hunger, we were talking like the physical part too. And it does, that does take time because what that happens, you have to slow down to actually mm -hmm. listen to what your body's telling you, which in our society, it's just, we're on the go all the time. So taking that time to be like, Ooh, yeah, that did not make me feel good. Mm -hmm. Which I today, so today I've had a crazy day. Like I've had like a granola bar and two coffees and it's, we're approaching three 30 in the afternoon. Not my typical day whatsoever. But I'm sitting there at the gym training a client. A trainer comes over to me and I am like, I didn't even know I was doing this, but I had a coffee in my hands um, and I was like tapping my foot and like just shaking and moving. He's like, so how's that coffee treat? Like, <laughs> Great. Like I did not even realize this. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have had two cups. I'm like, yep, got it. Yep. Listening to my body. And that was just because if you have a crazy day, sometimes you don't take the time to be like, 
how is the second cup of coffee going in my body? Am I being jittery and moving all over the place and not even paying attention? Mm-hmm. So those little cues that we can pick up. So when people say listening to your body, those are little things like that. And that's what we mean. Yeah. And you have to give people examples. Yes. Yes. So I know marketing campaigns, a lot of times they're set up these days to you know, see how people need to change and show them this is what you need to change. And then you recently had a post talking about how you don't want them to be a new you. So especially at the new year, there's a lot of new year, new you. So what is your thought process behind that? I, oh, that's just really such a good one. I have so many <laughs> thoughts. I'm like, where do I start? I fell victim to that for a long time. Like, yes, I'm going to set these new year's goals and I'm going to be a completely different person. <laughs> I'm going to change everything about this and poof, I'm just <laughs> going to be, you know, a new person. And over time, as your own self worth and self love develops where you actually, and it goes right alongside with my trajectory of learning to accept my body and how food feels and to be just kinder and gentler I just was like, I'm actually a pretty cool person when you don't have to think about what my body's like or the food, this or that, but just like the core of who I am is pretty awesome. So why on whatever day, whether it's New Year's or not, do I have to be a new me? I actually kind of want to be me with some improvements. You know, I want to improve upon this, this or this, but I don't necessarily want to be a new me. And I was just feeling like when clients come in or friends or family, oh, I want to do this goal, this goal, I'm going to make everything different. But I know from working with them that their self-love even isn't even at a place where they can say like, I'm a great person. Mm. You know, they just want to be different and that will just fix everything. When you don't get a new body, you don't really get a new soul, you're still you. Mm-hmm. And then I, that, that piece is just missing for a lot of people, that very fundamental, can you be okay with yourself first? Yes. Oh, I love that. And I had, I talked about that. Like, what if you, like when you start a new workout program, you know, what if you change? And then what if you don't change? Like have both of those kind of in the back of your head. Cause I think sometimes when people are like, oh, this is going to happen. And then if it doesn't or vice versa, a lot of times we're like, oh, it is that mental piece. It's like, I'm not literally becoming this new person. Or we hear a lot about at times when people lose a ton of weight and then they look in the mirror and they still see them, their old selves, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, I am not a new me. You know, I am physically outside. People see me as that, but I'm really inside not. So I like that kind of approach to it. Yeah. And I just felt really sad for people because it's taken a lot of work on my own part to get to that point. And I mm-hmm. want them to know like, no, it's not easy, but if you can't love yourself or accept yourself first, everything else is going to be a struggle because you will get to the place like that where maybe you'll lose the 50 pounds, but then what, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're still you, you're instead of being like, I'm awesome and I'm going to lose 50 pounds and I'll be even more awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Tying it to the emotions. Like if you've heard of Danielle Laporte yeah. and her work, yes. The core desired feelings like that. I mean, trying to tie it to something like, okay, deeply ingrained. Does this hit my core desired feelings? Is this how I really want to feel? And then that will kind of help you guide you down your path as well. Yeah. 
So where do you come up with these ideas for your confessions of a personal trainer? <laughs> oh, I haven't had writer's block too many times. So they're either from, <laughs> and knock on wood, because I've been doing, I've been writing them weekly for almost two years. So I worry sometimes that I'm going to run out of ideas. But, uh, when I very first started, it was shortly after I had started my own business and, you know, left my corporate gym and I wanted to stay connected to people. I felt really disconnected from people. And so I started this and I said, you know, part of it is because I want to stay accountable to myself for providing content and for, you know, translating lessons. And I always feel like there's either something funny that happens in my life or something that's a worthwhile lesson that I can use to illustrate that and mm -hmm. send to people. So I just started writing them every week, whether it was something that happened to me or sometimes I have to dig a little deeper, like, okay, is there something in the past I can write about or, um, but it's been really fun and they're very, it's a cool way to relate to people because everybody likes a confession, right? It's oh, totally. like, Oh, what's it going to be this time? Um, and it's also a play on sort of turning things around and catching people's attention with it. Like, what do you think about this? Now let me explain. Oh, um, yes. Yes. I love it. And I think it's very motivational for people too, you know, like just kind of being like, Oh, okay. Like this is how, you know, like there's a lesson in it you know, it's not just like, here's this, but there's a little lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whether it's something like I ate all the cookies or <laughs> I don't want you to be a new you, I try to make it catch the attention and then sort of bring you in through a story and then come out the other side with, you know, a couple of items to think about or a couple of action items to do, or, you know, just remember that story going through your day. Yes. Ugh. So then what motivates you to kind of continue your education and try new things in your business and your life? Well, I just think I've always liked to learn new things, which is helpful. But when I started to feel like I wanted to leave the big gym, part of it was because I had no feelings of wanting to learn anymore. And mm -hmm. I didn't like that. I just was coasting through everything. I wasn't motivated to bring new, exciting stuff to my clients. I didn't want to learn anything anymore because I really felt stuck. And so once I quit that job and was like, I guess I'll be in business on my own, <laughs> then you really have to learn and you have to learn a lot of things quickly, you know, basic fundamental things, but also as I'm coming up on almost two years, the mindset work that I've had to mm -hmm. work on all the time, which I'm sure you can relate. Totally. Holy cow. Like nobody really tells you like, Hey, why don't you go into business for yourself and then try to clear all of your mind clutter every day. <laughs> but I find, you know, learning new things to be exciting. I love teaching them to people. I think at the bottom of everything, I'm a teacher. You know, mm -hmm. when I was little, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, so this is just a different avenue of doing that. And um, I think there's so much garbage out there for health and fitness. That yes. The few people out there, and there are several, but I forget. And that the people I follow, I'm like, wow, everybody's already saying the same things as me. And then I remember, but my clients and the people that are out there, they have no idea who these other people are. Totally. So <laughs> it's a responsibility I have to share my view of the way things are and teach through my lens. Um, 
So sometimes it's hard to remember that and be like, someone's already teaching that lesson over here. But yeah, that's totally, I, yeah, I've done that, you know, with clients I'm like, oh, have you heard of this, you know, person? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, I guess, I mean, why, why would they have like, why like, would they you know, like, I, they're, you know, they're like, I go to you for my fitness advice. Like I've exactly. never heard of this person. I'm like, oh, you know, and if I, you know, think it's really going to help them, I'll like direct them to like an article or like a course or class or something like that if they need it. Otherwise I'm like, well, let me tell you, I'll paraphrase it. Cause most people don't have the time to research or have more than one person, you know, in their back pockets, Yeah, which I think as professionals, we totally do forget it from time to time. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. Why would they're not stalking people in the fitness industry? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And when I started my podcast, I had people that are like, what's a podcast? I'm like, where have oh. you been? Oh yeah. I still have clients who are like, wait, you have a podcast? I'm like, do you not get my weekly newsletter? Do you not open it? They're like, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh. I need or to- the ones that I got these emails because I, you know, I had figured out how to get it onto iTunes, which I was like, yes, look at me. I'm figuring this out. And then I had clients that were like, um, I don't have a smartphone. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. Let me figure out a new way for you to listen. (laughs) How do I get you this message? Yes. I know. And those are like, again, it's things that I think sometimes we forget. And those are good lessons. Like I just had a client um, that I just trained and I do most of my, you know, training and they get their templates. It's all in Google drive. And so they can access it from their phone. Works great for the majority of people. But then this client has a flip phone and, you know, in her late seventies and she could care less about having it pull up on her phone. So I'm like, Oh, I need to make sure I bring my printed workout for her to give to her with pictures. So she knows exactly what to do. And so those are just some of the things that, you know, we have to remember like, oh yes, not everyone consumes things the same way and, you know, being open to that and how can we adapt, which I think is part of the fun. Cause I also, I actually was a teacher for a few years. Um, well, I trained first, then I taught for a few years, then I went back to training to do my own business. And so like, that's where I'm like, also have that teacher in me. I'm like, how mm-hmm. can I, you know, get this to people, which training and teaching is very similar. (laughs) Very similar. And you're exactly right as to another reason why I started the podcast is people like different mediums. Yes. You know, so, you know, here's a little secret to everybody. Like I just reuse the content. Like I take my blog Mm -hmm. and then I audio version it on the podcast and expand upon what I wrote. So it's a little bit deeper or a little bit more expansive, but some people don't want to read the blog. They prefer to just listen, you know, and I think that's great. And instead of telling everybody, well, if you want my message, you have to read the blog. I'm like, either or, Mm -hmm. you know, you can listen, you can read, you can do both. Take your pick. Like what works best for you? Yeah. Love that. So can you tell us a little bit more about your obstacle racing? Because I know that's kind of what you're into. So what is that like in terms of your training? Is that pretty much the only thing that you train for nowadays? Or how does that incorporate into your fitness routine? Yes. So I've been doing obstacle racing, like I said, for about five and a half years. And there, I can easily say it completely changed my life because the, I was at a lower confidence level for sure. At that time, you know, I had come off of that, you know, I'd been working for a few years, but I still didn't know what I was going to do. And fitness wise, I just didn't know. And it just sparked this, like, I am bad at all of that. You know, like I'm also just not an athletic person, which is why I didn't really, couldn't really do sports. So my body doesn't really know how to move athletically. So these things are really hard for me. Um, 
but it just sparked this, like, you can go back to the gym and you can work on, for example, I pushed the prowler the other day in the gym up and down just on repeat, like 60 times or something. And my client was like, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, well, here's the purpose. I was thinking about how I needed stronger, more explosive legs to run up a wall. Mm. (laughs) So it creates imagery when I'm in the gym. Like I want to get up that wall. I want to get up and over those monkey bars. I want to do these skills, um, which before I'd gone to the gym because I like that feeling and I know it's important, but there's so much more of a driver when you're focusing on what you're going to do with your fitness outside of the gym. Um, totally. And now I've moved on to, not moved on, but I've added going to the ninja gym, which is a whole nother level of, I really can't do anything. And <laughs> it's amazing the amount of mindset work that I have to have when I go there, because if you say you can't, then you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd been working on this one skill And I finally, the other day was like, why don't you just say to yourself, grab the bar. (laughs) And so I walked up to this ring. I said, grab the bar. I swung on it. And guess what? I grabbed the bar, (laughs) you know? So it's also a mindset and confidence thing with obstacle racing that every time you can go up to something and you can say, I can't do it. Or you can go up to something and you can say, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to give it everything I have. I still may not be able to do it, but I'm going to try the hardest that I have, you know, and then I'll take what I wasn't able to do back to the gym and go from there. That's great. I mean, I think giving the exercises and the purpose, I was listening to um, some other trainer explain that too. Like he went around the gym and asked people, why are you having your client do this exercise? And they would have to tell them exactly why. So I think that's helpful when people can kind of see, oh, this is why you're having me do, you know, a deadlift, or this is why I need to have strong glutes or whatever they're working. And, you know, you kind of demonstrating that in exercise moves, you know, with someone being like, why did you do that so many times? And you being like, well, this is why. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense then. So incorporating that, I think we as trainers can, you know, give clients more credit and be like, this is why you need to do this. Or this is why I believe training this philosophy is the way you should do it. And, you know, just giving them that because I think they want to know. That is such a good reminder that I often forget, you know, there's this fine line with clients. I feel like where do you give them too much information and they don't care or do they want more? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to give them an anatomy lesson, but I can do more reminders like here's why we're working your lats so you have better posture and you need to have strong glutes so that you can hike up that hill or you know and having people tell you why they want to do something is so helpful like if they are in tune with that you know some of my clients are like well I want to feel really steady when I step off the bus Mm. you know people worry about these things Mm -hmm. all the time and it's about being stronger physically and so relating it to those feelings or those everyday movements is so helpful. Yes. So before we wrap up, I want uh, to know a little bit more about your kick-ass twenties program. (laughs) So I like the name. So what, what is it and who's it for? Well, thank you. I, do you ever have ideas that you think of years ago and then you just walk away from them and they haunt you forever and ever? (laughs) (laughs) And then you feel kind of like, 
wow, why didn't I listen to that feeling five years ago and do something with it? But I, I'm a firm believer in things happen at the right time. Mm -hmm. So I, when I did my life coaching, so I have a master's in counseling. So I'd gotten a degree, thought I was going to be a therapist and then realized that I loved life coaching more. Mm. It's very forward thinking versus therapy is often looking backwards and working through a lot of that stuff. So coaching is about where are you at and how can we move you forward? And when I was in my coaching certification, I worked with a handful of 20 somethings Mm -hmm. to coach. And it was awesome because that group and I felt it now looking back, I was like, man, having a coach through my twenties would have been amazing. (laughs) You know, you're struggling to find the right job. You're struggling with your finances. You're struggling with, um, relationships, (laughs) you know, whether you're married, single friends, family, you know, my one client, she's like, I've had these friends since I was seven years old, but they're doing things I don't want to be doing right now. How do I work through this dynamic? Um, relationships with parents, uh, you know, just stuff that 20 somethings and I'm 33. You asked earlier how old I was. So I'm clearly out of my twenties, thankfully, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh, thank God I escaped. You know, there's so many struggles and I think you go through school and you have a guidance counselor or you have a coach, you know, on your sports team, or you have, typically we have someone and then you get to be an adult and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, but people don't talk about it. You know, like you don't say to everybody, you know, oh, I'm really struggling with my finances and I really don't want to hang out with my friends, but I feel like I have to. So I had this dream of putting together basically a coaching program, which I'm going to launch really soon of a class setting with, you know, maybe 10 to 15 people, because I'm also really good at group settings. That's what I did a lot of personal training in and getting people to open up in a group and be comfortable with strangers and form new bonds um, and just work through all of these things. You know, let's work on your finances. Let's work on your relationships. How do you have those tough conversations? How do you find a job you actually really want to do instead of the one that you got right after college because you just got a job, you know? And so I picture it as being, they talk about like your business avatar, right? Like what does it look like? And I've been thinking about that a lot. And I picture myself in this role as sort of that really good friend So really supportive and nice, but also the one who's going to call you on your crap, ask you the hard questions and keep you accountable so that you can actually move forward. So I don't have all the details ironed out yet, but I'm really excited about it and I feel really called to do it. And since the idea won't go away, (laughs) it's, I, yeah, I, it's time. It's ready to step into it. It is. It is. No, it sounds amazing. I totally would have also loved that in my 20s because I'm like, oh, I can relate to all of that and all of the emotions and someone being like, no, this is normal. Like, I understand because yes. I started my business in my 20s, which was really weird. You know, most people don't do that. And, you know, right? it's my late 20s, but people, you know, it's people are kind of like, why, why can't you do that? I'm like, because I, I got to start, I got to do my business stuff, you know, and they're like, but you work for yourself. I'm like, yeah, but it, you know, like how, you know, being able to be like, no, this is important. This is why I'm doing it. And, you know, it's just different because people evolve in their twenties and people grow apart from each other and, you know, showing people how to interact with those situations would have been definitely beneficial. And I think having it, I mean, one-on-one coaching is really beneficial, but 
I believe in the power of groups a lot. And so having 10 or 15 people having the same yet different feelings in one room just takes that burden of like, I must be the only one. Yes. Yes. I did that recently with one of our groups when we were talking earlier about, um, you know, just the being an entrepreneur and the ups and downs and like just having that group to be like, this is what I went through today. I wanted to quit my business about 10 times. <laughs> then I came through and something amazing happened at the end of the day. You know, and I'm, we're all like, oh yeah, I've been there. You know, and that way she was like, oh, okay, this is normal. And we're like, don't worry. It's very normal. And it'll probably happen at least once a week. You know, like, oh, yes. okay. Yes. Just got it. Like, this is the ups and downs of it, you know, and just being, okay, this is what most people go through, but don't always talk about, you know, but that, that is what I think in general, like from what I'm getting from you, like that's what you want to do is talk about that stuff. Yep, for sure. So where can people connect with you more online if they were interested in training with you or getting to know more about you? I knew you would ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know about you, but I get so overwhelmed by all the places that you're supposed to connect with people, right? Yes. So the main place that people can connect is my website, lindsayheiserman.com. Its main functions at the moment are blogs. So you can read my blog there. You can listen to my podcast there and you can always connect with me via an email there, sign up to get my newsletter. Um, And then on my participate page, I do still weekend workouts that are open to people. You can contact me about training. I'm in the middle of shifting my business mostly away from personal training and almost fully into the life coaching realm. So I'm a little bit in transition, but I do believe that the best way to connect is via my blog or the podcast. So getting to know me through those avenues, I think is really helpful. So you can find those there. Um, Otherwise you can find me on Instagram, lindsay.heiserman, where else? Facebook. (laughs) People tell me I'm supposed to go on Twitter, but I thought Twitter was dead. Apparently Twitter's not dead. So I I agree. Like same with me. I don't go on Twitter much either. It's hard to keep up with everything. I know, but apparently it's a really good business, like entrepreneur place to hang out is Twitter. So I don't know. I have not, I have not hung out there. I am me me either. I was like, oh, I missed the Twitter craze. So clearly I don't have to go backwards and find it again. Uh, I know I didn't even change. I kind of did a rebrand away from my Sapphire training to Andrea Clausen. I didn't even change my Twitter handle because I was like, ah, I don't use it very much anyway. Right. Right. So wrapping up the last kind of couple questions, one that I always like to get um, people's opinions on. So what does peaceful power mean to you when I say that? Mm, I just, I love that. And I didn't think about it, but right now the word peaceful is really important to me because I feel if I'm not careful, I feel so stressed out about where I should be in my business, what I should be doing, all the things I have to do or get to do as you can reframe, but Mm -hmm. it's so your mind just goes crazy. And so peaceful is just such a good word. Like just, I want to feel like the work I'm doing is important. And that at the end of the day, I can feel peaceful about what I did that day for myself. You know, did I do my workout? Did I eat well? in combination with, did I offer up good into the world that day? So peaceful, what a great word. And then power. I just, that's so great. You put those together. Um, Thank you. In one of the personality assessments, I don't remember which one, but power came up as one of my strengths. And I was like, now that's weird, (laughs) you know, because I don't think people go around saying power is one of my strengths. Yeah. But 
when I read further into it, it was about like people look up to you for knowledge, for leadership, for these different things. And I'm like, oh yeah, that is what I do, right? I love to educate all these things that we've already talked about. And so, man, peaceful power, you know, for me, it would probably be putting that together, like actually harnessing the power that I do have within me, but calming down and being peaceful about everything at the end of the day. Mm, I love that. That is great. Yeah. That's kind of, that's why I always like when I, you know, hear people's answers, because it's always very similar to what I think of or why I created it in the first place. It's always just some elements, which I, I love. Yeah. Everyone has a different take, which I also enjoy hearing. So wrapping up, I like to give my listeners a little challenge at the end of the week. So what weekly challenge would you like to give the listeners this upcoming week? I did think about this one ahead of time. (laughs) So I want your listeners to eat a cookie or a brownie or something that you would not normally eat and do it on a Wednesday afternoon or, you know, we're very, this Monday through Friday thing, right? Yep. The weekend is another thing. Yep. And I heard once <laughs> your body has no idea what day it is. Not a clue. So, why, so true. Are we, why are we acting like the body has any idea that it's Friday night and I'm going to go do this? So it's sort of unlocking those chains of, oh, I can't do that on a Wednesday. And to start practicing that mindfulness around food and those thoughts that you have around, like, I can't have that. Because if you would have asked me to do that challenge, you know, five, 10 years ago, I would have said, no way. I'm no, a brownie on a Wednesday, like you're out of your mind. But how incredible is it to have a few bites of a brownie with a great cup of coffee sitting with a friend at a coffee shop? Mm. You know, so where can you put those things into your life that they're really meaningful? And I don't mean just go like eat a hostess brownie and be like, wow, I did it. something you have to enjoy and you're going to be really mindful of. You're going to love the taste of it. You're going to be with people that you love or maybe yourself, you know, so there's not a lot of rules, but I think that breaking some of our own food rules would be my challenge to people. I love that. That's yeah. I that would be one that I think for me, like I'm always like, Oh, I try not to do like any, I don't, I do stick to like a three drinks, or under a week for alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's like a rule that I tell my clients and um, if they're trying to lose weight, if that was one of their goals. And then that's something that I try to stick to just out of practice. And I'm not a huge drinker the way it is, but like for me trying to be like, oh, it's Tuesday night, I should have a drink. Like that would be like, no, that is no, what? So I'm like, oh, I might take that to my glass of wine because it's the only thing I will drink. But instead of a cookie, I might do that. Yeah. Challenge right. myself to try to do it on a weeknight. <laughs> because you could still have your total of three, right, yep. for the week. But instead of this mind of like, oh, it can only happen between Friday and Sunday. Yep. It's like, you know, maybe I want to sit down with my significant other on a Tuesday and watch This Is Us because that's the best oh TV show. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and have a glass of wine. And life will go on the next day. And then you'll be crying even more. <laughs> yes, right, right. That is such a great show. It yes. Really <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, and also, Lindsay is from Minnesota, which yes. we found out after I connected with her. So it's super sweet. Yeah. So local gal. Love it. So thanks again. And I want everyone to go out there and spread your peaceful power.
Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.